Today I want to jump into God's Word for a few minutes. Last week I started a series, just, just a two-week series, talking about the call of God. The call of God. And I had to start this message today as I did last week. And really th- this message puts questions in our hearts. The questions are, have you answered and are you answering the call of Jesus to your life? My life has been filled with calls, plural, calls from God. My life has been directed by a progression of calls from God. But it started when I answered a first call and then God began to call more. Have you ever noticed whether it's a phone call, whether it's texts or emails, if you send them out and nobody responds, after a while, you just stop sending them out. You see, God is looking for people who will respond to his call Because there are things that he has for each and every one of our lives. And answering God's call brings amazing purpose and fulfillment to life. Last week we talked about the very first call of God. And the first call of God is to see Jesus and to know Jesus. We use the story of Zacchaeus. And I won't go back and share the whole message, but... We talked about Zacchaeus who climbed up in a tree because he wanted to see Jesus for himself. And as a result, Jesus called to him and he came down from that tree. Jesus spent time with him that day in his world and it absolutely changed Zacchaeus' life. He heard the call of Jesus and he responded to the call of Jesus. That's what we need to do. Hear the call and then respond to the call of Jesus. But today I want to move a little further into this because what I wanted to share was just too much for one message last week. When you've heard the first call of Jesus and you've responded, it's not just finished when you see Jesus and you meet Jesus, you know Jesus. It doesn't end there. God's call is for a lifetime. Not just this life, God's call is... Is for eternity. Scripture says we're going to rule and reign with Christ throughout eternity. But having said that, one conversation with Jesus opened the door to a brand new life for Zacchaeus. If you read the story, immediately he began to make adjustments in his life because he realized, I've walked into a brand new life. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, Peter gave us some words to help us understand this. He said, once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own purchased people. And then he gives us a life to live that would glorify him. But but here's what he says in that passage of Scripture without taking time to read it. He says, he has called us out of darkness into light. Into light. He's called us out of a dead life into a new life. See, he didn't just call us to come and see him and know him and then have an acquaintance of him from a distance. He's called us out of an old life into a brand new life to which he introduces us. And I'm going to tell you today, there is no better life than a life filled with God's presence, God's help. God's purpose. There is no better life. So today, for the next few minutes, I want to talk about three steps we can take to respond 
to God's call on our lives. Three simple steps, really simple today. Number one, look at Matthew chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have the verses on the screen. Matthew chapter 4. Jesus is beginning his ministry here. And in verse 17, this is what Jesus, or here's what scripture says. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent. That means to turn. Turn from this old life, turn from the darkness to the new life of light. Jesus said, turn, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The life that God has is at hand. Verse 18, Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, and they're casting a net into the sea for they were fishermen. So Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In other words, hey, you're trying to catch fish? Follow me and I'll show you how to catch men. You're trying to influence fish? I'll show you how to influence people and change the direction of their lives. You want to catch fish? I'll show you how to change the world and change the future. You're trying to catch fish? I will show you how to impact eternity. That was the call Jesus gave to these two brothers, Peter and James. But I want you to notice this. Verse 19, Jesus said to them, follow me. Follow me. Then verse number 20, it says, they immediately left their nets and followed him. Now, number one, the first step we can take in this new life is to choose to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, follow Jesus. You say, well, that's too simple. Exactly. That's the point I want to make today. Because a lot of people make following Jesus so difficult. Well, there's this and this and this big, thick Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, a thousand theological questions. Jesus made it simple. It starts right here. Follow me. Follow me, and then I'll start something new in your life. A couple weeks ago when Pastor Corey was sharing, he talked for a moment about this passage of Scripture. This is what Jesus would do. He would walk by people right in the middle of everyday life and call out to them and say, follow me. And it gave them a decision. It brought them to a choice. Do I want to follow Jesus or do I not want to follow Jesus? Do I want this new life or do I not want this new life? Peter and James heard the call and scripture says they dropped the nets, they left the boats, walked away from that life and they chose to follow Jesus. But they walked out of an old life into a new life, a life of purpose, an important life. Today, you and I hear the call of Jesus. Turn, follow me, follow my instructions, follow my directions. And if you will, you'll discover that God's presence is near, God's purpose is near, and God's provision is near. So many people are afraid to follow Jesus because they have a thousand questions. Can I tell you something? If you'll start following Jesus, he'll answer your questions. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. And he'll provide for your journey. There's a, a phrase that a lot of us pastors have used for years about church life and leading the church. And I think it applies to everyday living for all of us. If it's God's will, it's God's bill. If it's God's will to follow him, God will provide for you on that journey. 
So Jesus said, follow me. And it brings us to a place. Today, we're hearing the call of God. Jesus says, follow me. The question is, are we willing, one step at a time, to start following Jesus? Are we willing to follow Jesus? You know, there are, I think, two major misconceptions that people have about following Jesus. I want to take a couple of minutes and I, I want to address these two things. I think they're important. The first misconception is a lot of people say, well, you have to give up too much to follow Jesus. You ever heard that one? Boy, following Jesus, you just have to give up too much to follow Jesus. The truth is, to follow Jesus, you give up everything you could create so you can receive everything he can create. That's what it comes down to. You give up everything you could create to receive everything that he can create. Now, I want to tell you something interesting. In Mark chapter 10, I won't take time to read the verses today because of time. But in Mark chapter 10, Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples because there was this young man. He's called the rich young ruler in Scripture. This young wealthy guy had his act together, was trying to follow all the commandments and live just right. He came to Jesus and said, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus kind of walked him through it. Well, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, here's the commandments of God. And this young man said, I've done all that. And Jesus said, well, there's one area of your life that's keeping you from following me. You've got your heart wrapped around riches that are temporary. Go and get rid of that trust and then you'll find treasure in heaven. Then you'll find eternal life. Scripture says this young man walked away because he wasn't willing to understand and accept the fact that whatever you lay down for the sake of Jesus, he multiplies many times back over into our lives. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, this is what I mean right here. Mark 10, after the disciples get along with Jesus, they're scratching their heads saying, well, this guy said he kept all the commandments and you, you, it seems like you made it more difficult, Jesus. Is, is it wrong for him to have things? Is that a problem? And, and Jesus went on to say, Peter, what are you talking about? And Peter said, well, we, we've left all to follow you. Remember that day you walked by our boat and said, follow me. And we walked away from the nets, the boats, our families and everything to travel in the land and follow you. And you said you had a purpose for our lives. You'd make us fishers of men. But what about people who give up stuff for Jesus? And Jesus answered and said, here's the deal. There's no one who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands, literally plots of land, fields, for my sake and the gospels, who will not receive back to them a hundredfold in this life and in the world to come eternal life. Now, I know some of you are saying, well, you're one of those crazy preachers talking about this crazy prosperity message. Put 100 in the offering and God will give you 100,000 this week. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. If anybody here is saying, sitting there thinking, well, that's crazy stuff what he's preaching. This is what Jesus preached. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. What Jesus was saying was, you walk away from this life and what you can create and you follow me and I'll walk you into a life where everything you walked away from, you'll have much more than that in the next life because John 10.10, Jesus said, this is a life of abundant life where God is involved in everything and if you're in God's will, you will find that God will pay the bill and he'll take care of you. God will provide for you the things that you need in this life. 
It doesn't cost too much to follow Jesus. It's not too difficult. You just have to learn to trust him and trust his word. It's sad because if you put this back in context, the rich young ruler walked away. He walked away from this eternal life. He walked away from this abundant life to hold on to the stuff he could have for one lifetime. Walked away from it all. And and a second misconception, a lot of people say, well, you know, the Christian life, there's there's just so much to it. It's too mysterious. And it's too difficult. You know, the Bible's too thick. There's too much information there. I can't begin to understand it all. It's so difficult. I don't understand all the stuff that I hear at church. And, and it's, it's so difficult. And not only that, they talk about the Spirit of God working in our lives. We can't see Him. They tell us we need to walk by faith, not by sight. And I just can't get my mind around that. It's just too mysterious and too difficult. Can I tell you something? It's not difficult and it's not mysterious. Just start following Jesus. See, a lot of people say, well, I don't know how to get all the way down there. I don't know enough. You don't have to know everything to get down there. All you know is enough to take the next step. And then when you know the next thing, you'll take the next step. And God will call again, and you take the next step. That's the life that God has called us to. He's not called us to immediate perfection. He's not called us to immediate sanctification. He's called us to follow Him. It's that simple. I've been talking about this week after week. God will meet you right where you are and then give you your next step to take. And all he wants you to do is take that next step. That's it. Follow Jesus. Well, you know, it's it's just a hard life following Jesus. No, Proverbs 15 says the way of the transgressor is hard. You show me the guy who's been sowing wrong seeds for a long time. You sow to the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. Don't tell me the way of of the Christian is hard. It's the way of the transgressor that's difficult. There is no better life than a life filled with God's presence, God's purpose, and God's provision. And then Jesus said, not only that, you get eternity on top of that. What a way to live. So number one, if you will follow Jesus, everybody got that much? If you will follow Jesus, he will lead you. He will not abandon you. He won't leave you alone. He will lead you. Number two, Look at Luke chapter 9. I'm going to read verse 23. Jesus said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. In verse 25, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? Number two, the second point, once we choose to follow Jesus, take those first steps, start following Jesus, the next thing we learn to do is to embrace the new life. Embrace the new life. The new life in Christ is a life of purpose. Or in some cases, you live a long time, walk with God a long time, purposes, plural. It's a life of purpose. And all of God's purposes are important. Now, I I want this to sink in for just a moment. How many of you believe that everything that God sets out to do purposefully is important? 
You believe that? All of God's purposes in the earth are important. But I want to stretch that one step further. God's purpose for each one of us personally is vitally important. It's vitally important. God's purpose for your life, every one of us has a different calling, a different purpose. God's calling and purpose for your life is vitally important. It's important to God, and it should be important to us. It should be important to me. So I need to not only start following Jesus, but I need to embrace this new life. And here's what Jesus was teaching in this passage of Scripture. He said, look, you start following me, I want you to understand this. I'm going to lead you into a brand new life where you're going to become fishers of men. You're going to have a life of purpose. You're going to impact the world now and eternity to come. So here's the deal. You need to lay down purposes that are distracting and you need to pick up your cross. Stay with me. Your cross, your purpose. Jesus' purpose was to go to the cross to purchase us. Our purpose is to pick up our cross, our purpose, find what that purpose is, walk with Jesus, and fulfill that purpose in life. So he said, I'm leading you into this new life. Follow me and then embrace it. Let it become your life. See, there are a lot of people kind of standing on the outside of Christianity saying, oh yeah, that, that's the Christian life. That's the Christian life. You're Christian? Yeah, I believe in Jesus. Are you walking with Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Well, I'm not, I, I still don't fully understand all that, so I'm going to stand back and watch at a distance. You see, you don't stand back and say, that's the Christian life. You embrace it and you say, this is my life. This is my life. Walking with Jesus. So, let's talk about God's unique call and his unique purposes. I want to refer just real quickly to two stories, one from the Old Testament, one from the New. Everybody knows the story of Moses, but let's look at Moses and the call of God. Moses is somewhere in the vicinity of 80 years of age. He spent 40 years in Egypt, grew up in Pharaoh's house, Killed an Egyptian, ran to the desert to hide, spent 40 years there unlearning everything he learned in Pharaoh's house. And then after 40 more years, at about 80 years of age, one day God calls him from a burning bush. Now, come on. That's, that's, that's pretty spectacular, isn't it? This bush is burning and it does not burn up. It just burns and burns and burns and burns. It gets Moses' attention and suddenly he begins to have a call from God and a conversation with God. And it was a conversation of purpose. And answering that one call from God led to 40 more years of life where he delivered God's people from bondage and led them on a journey into the wilderness on their way the promised land 40 years of purpose 40 years of leading God's people and if you study his life there was call after call after call after call after call you can go back and read it in the Old Testament you can read it in uh, Exodus Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy you find it all through there Moses lived from conversation to conversation to conversation with God and he received instructions and he obeyed God it was an amazing life but it started because he responded to the first call at the burning bush and then there's the story in the New Testament of 
who we call the Apostle Paul. He started out his life being known as Saul. When he accepted Christ, he changed his name because he wanted a new identity in Christ. But here's the interesting thing about Paul. He's traveling down this road going to persecute the church in Damascus to persecute Christians and throw them in jail when all of a sudden this light from heaven just blinds him. He falls to the ground and then he begins to have a conversation with Jesus. And that one conversation with Jesus changed the course of his entire life. He was blinded for a few days. Eventually he was healed. The scales removed off his eyes. And he walked into this brand new life of purpose where he laid down the old life to pursue the new life of purpose God had for him. It's a pretty amazing story. But what you find with the Apostle Paul is he became probably the, old, the most influential man in the New Testament besides Jesus in establishing churches and growing the churches throughout the Gentile nation. It was amazing the life that he lived. And he lived from conversation to conversation, from call to call, getting information and instructions from God and just following those instructions, following Jesus into a life of fulfilling purpose. And here's the deal. For Moses at the burning bush... For Paul, there on the road to Damascus, each of these calls created holy moments. But they were calls from one life into a new purposeful life. And in order to go to the new life, they had to turn loose of the old life and embrace the new. God calls us to embrace this new life. You know, some of us, are confused sometimes. I can speak for myself. There have been times in my life when I've been a little confused. When God first started calling me, I was very confused. I was a teenager trying to sort out life, and suddenly God put this call on me. But here's why we tend to struggle. Some of us are waiting for a burning bush. Anybody seen one of those lately? That just burns and burns. and Some of us are waiting for a blinding light to knock us to the ground so all of a sudden we can have this conversation with God. Well, I don't know if God's called me or not. If God has called you to repentance, to accept Christ as your Savior, God also has a call for you into a life of purpose. You just need to answer it. And you know, in Scripture, stay with me here. We get caught up in this because in Scripture, God often called through dreams, through visions, through angelic visitations, different ways. So we get caught up waiting for one of those really unusual things to happen. But the most common call of God is a quiet voice, a simply knowing in your heart that God is calling you from his spirit to your spirit, directing you where to go next. That's how God leads us. Sometimes he speaks from his word, Sometimes by his spirit, but God leads us by a peace of knowing we are walking the right pathway. We make it so difficult. Well, I just haven't had a burning bush yet. You may never. Well, God hasn't knocked me to the ground on the road. Well, thank God for that. Okay? You know, Paul's walking along with a bunch of people and a donkey. Thank God you're not driving down the street in your car and God blinds you all of a sudden. God's trying to watch out for you. Follow what God's doing in your heart. Because as we answer God's call, it will lead us to the next call. And then the next call. And then the next call. 
into a total life of purpose. So embrace this. Embrace this new life. Say, this is my life. It's not just Jesus' life. It's not just abundant life. This is my life. And then let me throw one more little thing in here before I go to the last point. So many of us, so many people battle feelings and thoughts of insignificance in this life. Even Christian people. A lot of us battle these feelings and thoughts of insignificance. Why is that? Well, there are probably a number of different reasons for that. But I found one of the greatest reasons is because we're not always connected to God's purpose for our lives. When you're connected to God's purpose, there's a fulfillment there and a contentment that comes at knowing that you're knowing you're not only walking with God, you're fulfilling his purpose for your life. Luke 14, 27, Jesus said, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. God has a purpose for you to carry. God has a cross for you to carry. It's not a cross of crucifixion in this life. It's not that. It's crucifying an old life to find the new life and then carrying that new cross of purpose throughout your life. And here's the thing. If you embrace the new life, you say, this is going to be my life. Every day, this is my life. You'll begin to discover God's purposes for your life. It'll be there. One last thing. I want to finish quickly this morning. This is the third thought. We need to follow. We need to embrace. But we also need to, number three, submit to this new life. I'm not going to read the verses Everybody probably knows the story. Whether you know the Bible well or not, we know the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son is a young man who was raised in a very prosperous home. His father had servants and lands and all kinds of stuff. But when the prodigal, who was a younger brother, when, when he became of age, he went to his father and said, Give me everything that's mine. See this entitlement attitude? Give me everything that's mine and let me go live my own life. So his father gave him riches, gave him money, gave him what he needed, sent him on his way. Scripture says he went out and and lived a crazy life. Squandered it all and when he squandered his money and his wealth, his friends were gone. He ended up without food, without income, without money. And he ended up hungry. It got so bad, he got a job working on a guy's farm feeding pigs. And to make things worse, there was such little pay that he even was willing to eat the slop they were feeding to the pigs. In other words, the prodigal ended up in the pig pen. But it's interesting. In that story... Verse 17, it's it's found in Luke chapter 15. But in verse 17, here's what it says. When he's in the pig pen, when he's hungry, when he's miserable, and he realizes his life is a mess, all of his plans have fallen apart. It says, when he came to himself. When he came to himself. You know, I've thought that through from so many directions through the years. I think part of it, I used to think, well, when he came to his senses... 
That might have been part of it. But you know what I think he was really saying? When he came to himself and realized who he was, what he had been born into, what his rights and privileges were, what he had walked away from to go his own way, he realized, I've been foolish. And I'm going to go back home. And he said, when I go back home, I'm going to ask my father, you know what? I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I've lived a horrible life. But I realize what a fool I am. And I come home and I ask not to be your son. Just make me one of your servants so I can have provision and purpose for life. Well, of course, we know the story how the father received him and made him a son. But I want you to see real quickly two different attitudes in this story before I finish. When this young man left home, became the prodigal, he said, give me. When he came back home, he said, Father, make me. Make me your servant. Make me purposeful. Lead me into a life that means something. You know, it's a part of our fallen nature to want to be in control. Most of us want a Savior. But not everybody wants the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. Because we want to hold on to what we want, not realizing if we'll release what we have, God will give us a life that's a hundred and a thousand times better and eternal life. We follow Jesus, we embrace the new life, and then we submit ourselves to the will of the Father. You know, I've shared three thoughts today. I could preach a sermon, do a teaching series on any one of these three thoughts. But you know, sometimes we need to come face to face with our own selves and our own attitudes and realize that sometimes we want to tell God how to run the world. And that's not our calling. God's pretty good at controlling the world. He just needs us to follow him into a life of purpose. Submit our lives to him and let him mold us and shape us. In closing today, in, in Jeremiah 18, there's a story where God spoke to Jeremiah one day and said, Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. I want to teach you a lesson. So Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house and, and there's a guy with a big lump of clay, a potter, and he's got the wheel spinning and he begins to make a vessel, a clay earthen vessel, something that was commonly used in those days. And this potter, as he works, suddenly the clay begins to fold, it begins to drop, it's marred, it cracks, it's falling apart, it's not working right. So he stops the wheel and he just mashes it all down together into one lump and then wets it and starts spinning the wheel and begins to remold it, reshape it into what he needs it to be. That's how God wants to work in our lives. When we come to him, we're marred, we're broken. We realize, man, life has not gone the way I thought. I want that kind of life. He says, okay, follow me. Embrace this new life now. Sit on the wheel and let me begin to shape you and mold you and fix you and recreate you 
into what I created you to be. God's our creator. If you want to know the purpose of the thing, you go to the creator of the thing and you find your purpose there. If you'll submit yourself to the potter, he will shape you. He will mold you into something that can carry this new life and new purpose that God has for you. So God's call is simple. Follow, embrace, submit to this new life. I want to pray for you today. If you would bow your heads. Father, I pray for every person sitting in this room, those who might be listening online, wherever they might be today. Father, I'm thankful for every person who hears my voice today. But I pray more importantly that they hear your voice and hear your call to this new life. God, everybody here has their own journey. We're all in different places with different knowledge, with different callings. I pray today you'd help us to take our next step to follow you. You would help us to embrace the life you have and call it our own life and say, this is my life with Jesus. And I pray third of all today that we could submit ourselves to you and let you mold us and shape us and change us from the inside out. Let your spirit work in us to make us what you want us to be. And lead us forward in Jesus' name. Heads are still bowed for one more moment. Maybe you're here today and you're hearing God's call, but you've not made the decision to follow. You've not made the decision to really say, that's my life, I'll embrace it. You've never chosen to submit your life to God, but maybe you're sitting here, maybe you're watching online or listening to this later on, and maybe God is grabbing your heart and calling your name. This is a time right now to say, Lord, I'm in. I receive you today. I start my journey today. It all begins with the prayer of confirmation. God, I need you. I want you in my life. I receive you today. I want to lead you in that kind of prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the building, everybody online, listening to this right now, I'm going to ask you to wrap your heart around these words and let this prayer be your prayer, your personal prayer today. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I give you my old life. All my failures and successes, I lay it at your feet. I ask you to be God in my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. And I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. From now on, you'll be my father. And I'll be your child. Thank you for calling me and receiving me. Amen. Amen. That's the most important prayer you can pray in your entire life, but that's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning of the journey. If you prayed that prayer today, we want to give you a little tool to help you get started on this journey. It's a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. When service is over today, there'll be prayer teams at the front of the building. You can come up with one of the teams. They'll have that booklet. They'll give it to you right there. No questions asked. If you want to get it, go fine. If you've got questions or you want prayer for something else, they will gladly pray with you. If you're in a rush today, out in the lobby as you exit the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up there with the sign that says the next seven days. Stop by there and ask for the booklet. Again, we'll give it to you. No strings attached. We simply want to help you get started walking 
with God. If you're watching online, there are instructions on your screen as how we can get a file to you electronically. We want to help you start your journey with God. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family today? God bless you. And can we also give Pastor Gary a hand for that great message this morning? Well, at this time in our service, we are going to worship God with our giving. And you'll see on the screen the different ways in which you can give. Uh, and if you would prefer to give in person, you could also do that. We do have giving envelopes located on the chair backs, and we have giving stations on the side walls just before the auditorium exit doors, all right? But, you know, as we prepare to give today, can we just take one moment and think about our giving in light of today's message? You know, our giving is really part of our call. It's an act of obedience. It's an act of surrender. It's an act of a life that's following Jesus. And our giving fulfills God's purposes. Every time we give here at the bridge, our giving is helping reach people with the hope of Jesus, with the gospel of Jesus here locally and across the globe. And our giving brings about God's provision because he says that when we give, when we bring the tithe, he opens the windows of heaven and pours out blessings beyond what we can contain. So as we give today, just remember, you are helping fulfill God's purposes. We're so grateful for that. Thank you for helping us fulfill God's purposes here through the Bridge Church. Thank you for your continual faithfulness in giving. All right. Well, it has been great being in church with you today. But before we go, we want to remind you that next Sunday is Father's Day. And in addition to the car show and all the fun things we will be have, uh, happening after service, we also have an extra special treat. We have a guest speaker coming next Sunday, Pastor Bayless Conley from Cottonwood Church in Orange County. He's a great friend of the Bridge Church, been here many times, and he always has a word that speaks to us straight from the heart of God. You don't want to miss it. So bring your families next week for Father's Day, all right? And hey, before you exit today, just remember that we do have trash receptacles located at the auditorium exit doors. And if you would take those communion elements that are empty with you, toss them in there since we have a second service coming in, we would so appreciate that and have an amazing day.